So one of the very uh, amazing words of the parsha is the word na'ar. And the word na'ar literally translates as a youth. Now this word appears many times in the Torah. In our parsha, it's referring to the fact that Yosef is a na'ar. He's 17 years old. According to Rashi, he's playing with his hair and he's looking, you know, he's maybe a little, not so, maybe he's preening, uh, fixing his eyes, and he's looking to uh, improve his appearance, uh, apparently thinking what people are thinking of his appearance. So the word na'ar in the Torah says that Yosef was 17 years old, and the rabbis add these sort of behavior habits that Yosef was practicing at that time. Now, if we look many other places in the Torah, the word na'ar is used from a newborn child, as in Parshas Noach, it says, The part of the inclination of man is evil from his youth, and that means from the moment of birth. It actually means when the child comes out from the womb, if he's shaken out of the womb, that's what the word na'ar is describing, and that's at the moment of birth. Moshe Rabbeinu floating down the Nile River is also called a na'ar, and he's three months old, as the Torah tells us. Rivka, by many accounts, when she's drawing water for the camels and Eliezer, she's three years old and she's called a na'ara. Other opinions say that she was 12 years old. Regardless, she was young and three or 12. Yitzchak at the Akedah is called a na'ar, and he's 37 years old. Yishmael at, at the Akedah, Yishmael himself is 51 years old or so, 50, 51. Eliezer, we presume, is much older, and he's also called a na'ar. Yoshua bin Nun, when he's in Moshe's tent, He's also called a na'ar. So we have from the moment of birth at least the age 56 and everything in between, many ages in between, that a person is called a na'ar. And next week's Bible, we're going to find that Binyamin is called a na'ar. And by the way, Binyamin at that time is married with 10 children. He's also called a na'ar. And he is himself at that time approximately 33 years old, 32 years old. So here we have the word na'ar, and it's confusing to know what it means because it's used describing so many different ages, and the literal translation always seems to be a young person. So what does na'ar really mean? That's the question. Now, the truth is, this is a little bit of an advance to our Torah on Hanukkah, because the major sentence that teaches us about education is the word Hanukh is the word Hanukkah, it's the same exact word, but Hanukh means educate. Educate the Na'ar according to his way. That's a statement from King Solomon. So the question is, what is the meaning of that sentence? What is King Solomon telling us? Why not say Hanukh Yelad? That's a, what we were discussing in the earlier, you know, the Vartar. Why not talk about a Yelad? Why are we talking about a Na'ar? Educate people. No, forget about a child, just educate people. And the fact that King Solomon says, according to his way, seems to be talking about that we have to address the unique needs, questions, interests, inclinations of every student. Okay, that part I understand. That's very important. How you do that is a whole different problem. But the fact is, he's saying, King Solomon is saying, you have to treat every student according to their uniqueness. That's wonderful. But what is the idea of saying a not? So my suggestion is that a na'ar comes from the Hebrew word and verb, lina'er, which means to stir, to churn, 
We know that because A, we mentioned the child that's being shaken out of its mother's womb, and B, because when the Torah describes the Egyptians, that they were, the Egyptians were in the Red Sea, the Torah says Hashem stirred them in the ocean. It's the same exact word, it's a verb. Hashem stirred the Egyptians in the ocean. So it seems that a very important aspect of the Na'ar is that they're shaken and stirred as opposed to shaken and not stirred. Everybody gets that reference, right? They're shaken and they're all stirred up, which pretty much describes the adolescent, right? They're shaken, stirred up, and confused. So the idea of a na'ar is a person that is at a precipice of confusion, needing to make an identity selection through the choices that they make. And what King Solomon is really telling us is that the goal of Jewish education is not information. It's helping a child to know their identity and to choose it to concretize who they are, what they are going to be, to whom they are going to develop into and what their commitments in life are going to be. That's what Hanukh means. Because we translated the word Hanukh as educate, but in the word Hanukkah, it's actually to consecrate, to dedicate, to take an item, define it, and say, this is its future use. That's what you do when you make a Hanukkah Abayit. You're hopefully saying this house will be used for mitzvot, for good deeds, for chesed, for the teaching of Torah, for raising a family, to know that there's a God. You're dedicating the future purpose of this edifice, this structure, or this item. That's the idea of consecration. And on Hanukkah, in addition to rededicating the temple, the Jews rededicated themselves to not be secularists, but instead to follow the values of the Torah, to not be Hellenists to not be following Greek ideology, but to be following Torah ideology. They were consecrating themselves for that future purpose. And so therefore, every time the Torah uses the word na'ar, we're talking about a person that is at the stage of needing the next development of identity. And that's true in all the cases that we mentioned, including Yehoshua bin Nun. Yehoshua bin Nun, who was 56, he was seeking to be defined as the student of Moshe Rabbeinu so that the Torah could shape him. It's probably part of the reason that Yoshua bin Nun did not get married himself until after his teacher Moshe died. He wanted to stay in the malleable, transformational, developmental stage that's represented by Na'ar. And so when the Torah tells us that, that Yosef was a Na'ar, the bottom line is that the Torah is telling us that Yosef himself is at the edge of his own development, which explains a lot of the story. He wasn't yet ready to be the leader of his brothers. He was still seeking to understand his own identity, to understand how a leader is supposed to function. He was preening, he was thinking uh, how important it is to look properly, you know, to the brother, had to look, you know, proper, I should say, to the brothers. But the bottom line is he needed to further develop himself. And there's more to be said about that in terms of the Yosef story. But the bottom line is for us, unfortunately, uh, many of us are Na'ar, and we have a lot of concretizing of our identities that we need to do, whether it's to be more serious about how we spend our time. That doesn't mean we can't enjoy it, but not to waste it frivolously on meaningless pursuits. pursuits. We could be spending time 
with our children, we could be spending time with our wives, we could be spending time helping, we could be spending time relationship building. And instead, sometimes we choose much less meaningful pursuits. That's one example of an area where everybody needs to mature and think more concretely about you know, the preciousness of time and how they're using it appropriately. But there are many areas. We struggle with certain things and we choose to not solve them. And every time that we push off a dilemma and we don't really resolve what's the proper way to live, what's the proper way to be, let me just you know, put this issue to bed once and for all and solve by concretizing my identity. Every time we don't do that, we're acting like a na'ar. Every time we do do that, we're living proof that Hanukkah can happen. We can dedicate ourselves for the right goals in life and live that life with the proper commitment. Any questions or comments? Yes, Jaime. Uh, Rabbi, so, so that means that we, I mean, in a, in a process of growth, you go from stages of being an R to an you know, not, and then you you go back depending on, on on the situations that you're presented with. If if you want, you know, growth, reach a stage, growth. So um, so what? Let me. So what's your question? My question is that you can be an R multiple times in your life, depending on the situation that you're presented, until you make the choices that make you no longer an R in that particular situation. Yep. Isn't that fun? You get to be youthful until you're old. Look, it's true, right? It's true. You know, like every time we, we graduate, hopefully to a, a next level, we realize that there are many more levels above that we could be doing better. You know? Uh, sometimes we were naturally suited and develop well in certain areas and not other areas. And uh, that's something that we need to uh, work on. Yes, Ethan. <clears throat> Does the Torah speak of any obligation that someone has to a, a Na'ar? Well, and the one that we just mentioned is education. So let's talk a little bit more. How does what person help a Na'ar? Right? How do you educate the Na'ar? So the real answer to that question is you give them a vision of the great human being that they can become. And you explain to them that the way you become the great human being is not by getting a lot of money. It's not by having a lot of pleasure. And it's not even by, um, it's not even by like just learning more. It's by concretizing yourself. It's by defining yourself. And the only way to do that is to consistently make good choices instead of bad choices. So the real goal of Jewish education is to learn how to make the good choice. It's not about information. So you need information to know what's a good choice. You need discernment to figure things out, for sure. But the goal is not that. The goal is to make that choice. And so the best way to help a na'ar is to try to guide them to developing their own greatness with the understanding that it depends on their choosing, nothing else. Which, which is a lot, you know, that, that, could, be, that could be very um, burdensome. But on the other hand, when they start doing it, it, it really makes a huge um, difference to them and they feel it. The, the example I always like to give, I've probably mentioned it in the past, is saving money. 
teach your child to save money, you're teaching them how to become mature and how to dedicate themselves for a cause. And if they save for something, you know, intermediate, big, they really learn that value very quickly. And, and it's, it's fantastic for, for life. Fantastic for times like these. Yes. Thank you. Awesome. Well, Jaime, I mean, I think it's true. I mean, I think you're raising a really valid truth, right? Because you're putting different situations. So when you need to make those decisions, you're going from an R to whatever other stage, and then you're presented with completely different challenges and sets of fact that also, you know, push you to grow in a different direction. Right. So sometimes it's it's different situations. Sometimes it's the fact that we haven't resolved certain things in ourselves earlier, right? <clears throat> it's a combination. And the birthday celebration doesn't resolve that, right? Well, that's what the that's what they're there to help us do ultimately. <laughs>